We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Take your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 for our text. We begin this series last week entitled Focus on Jesus. And last week we talked about in order to see Jesus, we've got to get rid of some things in our life. And I omitted one thing. So those of you who helped me last week, who lined up across the front and told a story that wasn't yours, would you stand right now so that we can just thank you for your participation in that message last week. Thank you so very, very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. And I know God touched hearts and lives last week because he caused us to remember if we're going to focus on Jesus, we've got to clear our vision, remove distractions. The words that we used were to strip off, that's from the message, to lay aside, to put away. That's what we must do if we are going to see Jesus. So Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, reading verses 1 and 2, read it with me. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, today we pray that your word come alive in the heart of people. We pray that the spirit of the living God would reveal Jesus in this place today. Hide me behind the cross. Cloak me in your presence. Let people see Jesus and Jesus alone in this room this morning. I pray now for those who need to encounter you for the very first time as the Lord and Savior. Today in this service, bring them to you. I pray for those who've drifted away, who've allowed their vision to become distracted, their focus blurred. Would you bring them back to you today? God, would you do a work in this room? that is eternal, that's mighty through the Spirit of God, that will change hearts and change lives. In your name I ask it. Amen. As we read verse 2, and I want you to understand how this is going to go because I'll conclude this this series next week. Today we're looking at the fact that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Next week, Easter Sunday, we're going to look at the fact that He endured the cross For the joy set before him, what a contradiction of terms. He endured the cross. We're going to break that down and make it applicable to hearts and lives next week. So you need to be here, bring somebody with you. I believe God wants to fill this room up on Easter Sunday. Can you say amen? Let's allow people to come into the presence of God and their lives be changed by the word of the living God next week. But this morning I want to talk about focusing on Jesus. Knowing who we're following. Knowing what our goal is, what our aim is, what we're concentrating our gaze upon. You know, when a track coach begins to instruct new runners, sprinters, uh, in, in, in the race, he tells them very specifically, when you're in the starting block, I want your eyes up. Don't have your head down, have your eyes up. And when that gun goes off, I want your eyes to be focused on the finish line. I don't want you looking around you. Don't look at the runner on either lane beside you. Don't glance back over your shoulder to see where you're at in the race. Focus on the finish line. Focus on the goal. So when the gun sounds, you're going to run the race to win. 
See, that's the attitude and philosophy you and I must have in the Christian life. We can't be worried or focused upon the things that are going on around us or behind us. If we're going to be successful as Christians, our focus must be on Jesus Christ. He and he alone can see us through. The guy's name was Matt Emmons. Maybe if some of you have heard of him, maybe you haven't. He was an Olympic marksman. In 2000, he won a gold medal for his marksmanship. In 2004, he was competing again. At the final shoot, he was three points ahead of everyone else in that Olympic competition. He was sure to win a gold medal. All he had to do was get it somewhere in the bullseye. He didn't have to hit dead center, just somewhere in the bullseye, and he was going to win another gold medal. But in his focus, in his concentration, he did hit the bullseye, but he hit the wrong target with the bullseye. And as a result, he went from first to eighth, just that finish, quick. From a gold medal to no medal, just that quick. And when someone asked him afterwards, why did you shoot the wrong target? He said, well, I was so focused on staying calm. Because if you're a marksman, you have to control your breathing. You have to control your blood pressure. You have to control your heart rate. Everything has to slow down. He said, I was so focused on staying calm, I was looking at the wrong target. Listen, there's an application here for you and I today. So many times we are so focused on good things, but not on the right thing. We're focused on things that aren't going to matter for all of eternity, and we miss the target. Oh, I'm here to tell you, Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells us this story. It's an actual example of a young man who came to him. We know what the story is, the rich young ruler. The young man came to him and he said, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? What did Jesus say to him? He said, well, you need to keep all the law and the prophets, keep the commandments. And what did he say? He said, I've done all those things since I was but a mere boy. And then Jesus gave him the focus question. Jesus gave him the bullseye of the target that he had to aim for. He said, well, there's only one thing then that you lack. You need to sell everything that you have, go and give it to the poor and come follow me. And what does the scripture say? It says he went away sad. He went away sad because he couldn't focus on the target. Listen to me, folks. That describes many of us, maybe not every day of our lives, but at some point, all of us lose our focus. We focus on the wrong target. Even the church today often focuses on the wrong target. We focus on liturgy. We focus on religion. We focus on our doctor, our doctrine, our dogma, our creed. And there's nothing wrong with that except when it excludes our focus on Jesus Christ. You see, we need to understand the only reason we are here and the only reason we come together twice a week is so that we can focus on Jesus. So our eyes can be centered on Him one more time so that we can know and understand He's the author and the finisher of our faith. We've got to focus on the right target. A lot of folks in our society are good individuals, but they're focused on the wrong target. I remember a man I worked for as a teenage boy, probably the most moral man, greatest integrity, honest as the day is long. He would never cheat anybody. He would never lie to you. He would never disappoint you. If he gave you his word, he was going to keep it. But that man was focused on the wrong target because morality doesn't get us into the presence of God. Honesty doesn't get us into heaven. 
Integrity doesn't get us to where Jesus is our Lord and Savior. The only way to gain heaven is by focusing on Jesus Christ. Now listen, I'm not telling you not to be honest. I'm not telling you not to be a person of integrity. I'm not telling you not to live a moral life. Absolutely not. But I'm saying that those things should be the byproduct of our focus, not our focus. If you follow Jesus, those things are going to follow you. But if you don't follow Jesus, that's all that's following you, and you have nothing to look forward to. That's why the writer of Hebrews said, strip off all those things that beset us. Let us run the race with patience and focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. You see, it's not about religion. It's not about liturgy. It's not about statues or robes or all that stuff. It's about Jesus. You know the tragedy in the church today? is we have stopped focusing on Jesus and we began focusing on me. It's what I like. It's what I want. Do you know why there's so many issues in the church today? Because we focus on me. I mean, don't be offended, but you're going to be. Some of you in this room this morning hated the worship music. You know why? Because you're focusing on yourself, not on Jesus. Every song that was lifted up today pointed us to Jesus Christ. Every word that was sang drew our focus and our attention to him. It doesn't matter if it's not out of a 365-page hymnal. Listen, folks, music changes with the culture, but Jesus never changes. And it's time for you and I to understand when we're focusing on him, it doesn't matter if I like that or not. I can worship the king. I can focus on Jesus. Some of you watching online this morning to get that in your spirit because you're sitting at home today because at some point you became disenfranchised with the church. You said, I don't want to go back to that place. It's just full of hypocrites, but I'll watch that preacher online. I like the stories he tells. I'm here to tell you, it's time to shift your focus and come back to Jesus. Come back to the house of God. Come back to the place where he will touch you and cleanse you and liberate you and break that religious spirit off of your life. We need to know that's what God wants to do today. He wants us to focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. People say, well, Christianity is boring. Religion is boring. Religion is boring. Christianity is not. I'm here to tell you, have you never read the Gospels? Have you never read about this man, Jesus, who is the Christ? Have you never read that his life began with the miracle of virgin birth? Have you never read that God directed wise men from the east to visit him and give his family gifts that will sustain them for a number of years to come? Have you never read that when he was 12 years old, he sat in the temple, he debated the religious scholars, he actually confused them with his wisdom and with his knowledge? Have you never read that at the wedding in Cana, his mother came to him and said, they're out of wine. He essentially said, well, what's that to me? I don't care. And she insisted that he do something about it. So he said, well, go draw some water from the well. And when you dip it out, it's going to be the finest wine they've ever tasted. That was the beginning of the ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. And it continued through from there. Have you never read that he opened blinded eyes? He caused the lame to walk. He caused the leprosy to be gone. He caused withered arms to be healed. Have you never read that he raised the dead and healed the sick and cast out the demonic? Oh, I'm telling you, if you'll follow Jesus, if you'll focus on him, your life will never be boring. 
It'll be filled with the power of a living God who does all things and does them well. The power of a living God who is able to do anything at any moment, at any time, and show up in your life. See, too many times we lose our focus on Jesus and we start focusing on what's around us. We see the degradation of our culture. We see the demise of the world systems. We see economies in shambles. We see terrorism on every hand. Did you realize that it's already, it's already Palm Sunday in Egypt? And already this morning, two churches were bombed and over 65 people were killed in Egypt for one reason. They named the name of Jesus Christ. You see, folks, if you allow yourself, you can be distracted from focusing on Jesus. And all you see are current events and world happenings. Oh, I've come to tell you this morning, if you'll focus on Jesus, you'll see the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You'll see who is high and lifted up. You'll see the one whose train fills the temple. You'll see the one who moves from age to age and glory to glory. You'll see the miracle worker. You'll see the one who turns stones into bread. You'll see the mighty God if you'll focus on Jesus. But too often we focus on the culture, whereas if we understand our responsibility is to focus on him, then we become salt and light to the culture. And we will never transform a culture. Understand that. When churches tell you we can transform the culture, they're telling you a lie. We cannot transform the culture. We transform people one at a time. People then who have been transformed by the grace and the mercy of God and who are walking in the spirit of God, then transform the culture. Come on, folks, get our priorities back. It's about people. Why do we do extravaganza? Because it's about people. Why do we encourage you and invite people to this church every week? Because someone needs to know there is a living Savior, that Christianity is not boring, that our Savior is alive, and He has power for their lives today. We focus on the state of our educational system. We need to stop focusing on that and focus on the professors. Focus on the teachers. Many are here this morning. They are filled with the power of the living God. And when we focus on them, then we see that system change from the inside out. It'll never be changed from the outside in. It's from the inside out. We moan about the economy. We talk about the weakness of the dollar. I can't turn on the radio, whether it's a Christian station or a secular station, but what someone is saying, you need to buy gold in order to be safe and secure. I got a word for you this morning. You need to buy Jesus. You need to invest in the eternal. You need to buy into the kingdom in order to be safe and secure. The only way to fix our economy is by reaching businessmen and businesswomen with the power of the living God, by changing our focus from what's wrong and putting it on who is right. And his name is Jesus. Changing our focus. You see, if you want to win, you've got to narrow your vision and focus on the right goal. Don't be like Matt Emmons. He was so concerned about what was going on in him, he forgot to focus on the right targets. He went from gold medal to no medal because he didn't focus on the right target. You see, when we focus on Jesus, he becomes our passion. He becomes our life. We wake up in the morning with Jesus on our mind. We go through the day with Jesus on our mind. 
We go through the night with Jesus on our mind. Spiritual champions are focused on Jesus. He's a part of their whole life. He is their life. You see, the problem is we have compartmentalized our Christianity. God, you have an hour and a half on Sunday morning, so whatever you need to do in me, you better do an hour and a half on Sunday morning, and it better be enough to get me through the next seven days till I can come back on Sunday morning. We've compartmentalized Jesus in our life. He doesn't want to be in a box. He doesn't want to be in a compartment. He wants to be your King of Kings, your Lord of Lords. He wants to be your everything. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. You see, focus really is an issue for every one of us, myself included. All of us have focus issues. You can say amen or you can say oh me, but I'm coming after you right now. Every one of us have focus issues. You know, Yvonne and I were called here three and a half years ago. We moved 1,500 miles, disrupted our life to come and lead this church. And focus is a constant issue. I have a dad who's in a nursing home in Oklahoma City as a result of an accident two and a half years ago. We got to see him once or twice, maybe three times a year if we're fortunate. We have nine grandkids that live in Oklahoma and Texas. And it breaks my heart only to see them two or three times a year. Every time we go back, they've grown another foot. They've learned new things. And it's hard to keep your focus when other things are coming in and distracting. It's hard to keep your focus. I didn't come here to run a retail shopping center. I came to pastor a church, but that became a part of the package, a part of what I'm doing every day. No, let me rephrase that. Many times a day, I have to grab myself by the nap of the neck, shake my head, and say, boy, it's time to refocus. Now, listen to me. My focus is not on leading and growing this church. My focus is not on making that plaza successful. My focus is not on being a good husband to my wife or a good father to my children or grandchildren. My focus is on following Jesus. And any time I deviate from that focus, then everything else that's in my life begins to suffer. Do you hear what I'm saying? Focus on Jesus. Let his power flow through you. What did he say in John 6, 68? He said, my words are spirit and my words are life. Focus on Jesus and let his power flow in and through you. Every one of us who name his name are called to focus on Jesus. We're called to focus on him. And when we do that, we come to understand Jesus is our foundation. The scripture says he is the author of your faith. That word, as I told you last week as we concluded, can also be interpreted as captain or pioneer or leader or champion. Use any one of those. They're all interchangeable. But we understand the foundations of our faith are Jesus Christ, him crucified and rising again from the dead on the third day. You know why I don't believe the Koran? Because Muhammad is laying in a grave. Come on, you know why I don't believe Buddhism? Because that big old fat dude is dead and buried or cremated, whatever they do. You need to understand, we follow a living Savior who laid the foundations of our faith through his death and resurrection. And because of that, I can rejoice. Because of that, I can be confident. Champions focus on following Jesus. John chapter 6 
You have the story of Jesus multiplying the bread and the fishes, Jesus walking on water. And then people come finding him. They want to see more miracles. And he said, you're not following me to see the power of God. You're following me to get some more food. You're focused on the wrong thing. Read it. It's there. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he says. And then he says, matter of fact, if you want to be my disciple, you got to eat this body and drink this blood. See, he's talking about his death and resurrection. He's talking about buying in and focusing on him. And the Bible says that those following said, this is a hard saying, we can't do it. And from that day forward, many of them stopped following him. So then he turns to the 12, his inner circle. And he says, are you going to leave me also? Put that scripture up, John 6, 68. Are you going to leave me also? And this is what Simon Peter said. He said, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Let me ask you this morning, if you don't focus on Jesus, if you don't follow him, if you turn your back and walk away, where are you going to go? Who are you going to follow? From whom will you receive peace and hope and comfort and joy? Who will promise to provide your every need? Who will be your great counselor? If you don't focus on Jesus, where are you going to go? Peter said, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Spiritual champions are called to follow Jesus. We focus on him and then we follow him. We walk in the footsteps he has laid before us. Oh, come on, know it and realize that he's the author of our faith. You are bought with the price. You are redeemed. You are born again. You have a new name, a new hope, a new destiny, a new home when you focus on Jesus. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, Peter said it this way, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given exceeding great and precious promises, that through these promises you may be partakers of the divine nature. Do you understand it? Follow Jesus, and you're going to get more than you ever bargained for. Follow Jesus, your life is going to be revolutionized. Follow Jesus, there is power and promise to carry you through. He is the foundation of our faith. Hebrews 12, 2, look only to Jesus, the one who began our faith and who makes it perfect. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Secondly, when we focus on Jesus, we realize he is our example. He is our example. What does Hebrews 4, 15 say? It says, we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. Who's that talking about? It's talking about Jesus. It's saying he walked the same path we walked, but he didn't mess up. He didn't sin. He didn't deny God. Here, I'm I'm here to tell you this morning that every person in this room has messed up. Every person in this room has sinned. Every person in this room has grieved the heart of God. But the one we're following fills us with power and promise so that when we're in that place of uncertainty, if we look back to him and focus on him, he leads us to places where he wants us to be and overcomes in our life. Matthew chapter 4, I don't have time to go into it. Write it down and read it later. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Satan took Jesus 
and he tempted him three times. He said, if you're the son of God, take this rock, this stone, and turn it into bread. What did Jesus said? Man shall not live by bread alone. Then he took him to the pinnacle of the temple, and he said, if you're Jesus, if you're the Christ, if you're God, throw yourself down off this temple. And the Bible says the angels will give themselves charge. Do you know the devil knows the scripture? You need to know the voice that's speaking into your heart. You need to understand, is this God or is this my enemy? It's your enemy if it's twisting and perverting the scripture for another reason or purpose. Jesus said, it's written. It's written. And then he the third time said, took him to a high mountain and had him look over the kings of the world. And he said, if you will just fall down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. And Jesus said, it's written. You only worship the Lord your God and him only. No others. Oh, hear me, friend. He walked the road that we walked. He understood. He was tempted. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he even prayed, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He didn't want to go through what he went through, but he endured it, despising the shame of the cross, that he might see the joy of you and I coming into his presence. Oh, come on. We got to get that in our spirit. No one has ever been tested like Jesus Christ was tested. But the good news is, no one ever passed the test like Jesus Christ passed the test. He who is without sin, without guile, he who knew no sin is the one that we are focused on and following. So remember this, it's in your notes. Don't, de- let, don't let what you're going through derail where you're going to. You see, when we lose focus, when we're looking to the side or looking behind us instead of on Jesus, it derails where we're going to. Years ago, a man hired a very experienced guide to take him on a hike through the Rocky Mountains. He wanted to go to the high altitudes. He wanted to go to the 14,000 footers and hike across them. He said that during that journey, the second day in, they came to a place in that trail where it had pretty been washed out by rain and by avalanche. He said, on my back against that mountain was a sheer cliff about 800 foot high. And when I looked over the edge off that path, it was a thousand foot drop. He said, when I looked down, my, I began to get dizzy. My knees got weak. And I began to think I was not going to make that. And just at that moment, his guide yelled at him, don't look down. If you do, you're a dead man. But put your feet where my feet go, and you'll get through this. You see, there's a lesson in that. We need to know and understand that when we follow Jesus, when we put our feet where his feet have been, when we follow him, when we walk in his footsteps, it doesn't matter if the path is washed out. It doesn't matter if we don't see the way through, because he already promised where there seems to be no way, I'm going to make a way. He's already said, what's impossible with man is possible with God. Oh, folks, I look at that mortgage and you know what I say? I say, devil, you're a liar. It doesn't matter what I've heard. I know what I've seen. I know who I'm following and I'm focusing on him. It's time for you and I to get it down in our spirit. When we focus on Jesus, he leads us and guides us and directs us. Sooner or later. In the scope of our plans and dreams for life. Sooner or later in this life, we'll come to a place where the trail's washed out. We'll come to the place where all we see is a drop off on one side that will kill us and a cliff on the other side that we can't climb. 
And if you will listen, you will hear your master say, get your eyes on me. Put your feet where my feet have been. Follow me. Focus on Jesus. And I'm going to get you through. See, I've come to tell you this morning, it doesn't matter the diagnosis. He is the great physician. It doesn't matter the state of the economy. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It doesn't matter the conflict in your relationships. He is the great counselor. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. When you come to that place where the trail's washed out, don't panic and get in trouble. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And then last, when we focus on Jesus, we come to understand he is the source of our faith. What does Romans 12, 2 say? It says, God has given to every man a measure of faith. So what it takes to live for him, to focus on him, has already been provided for us. You see, Bill said it. We try to do things in ourselves rather than allowing God to do it through us. Anytime we do it through ourselves, we're bound to fail. But anytime we humble ourselves, and anytime we declare, God, you've given me everything I need for life and godliness, you've given me the promises to persevere and to overcome, you've already declared, if I will focus on you and follow you, you're going to see me through. I may not know the way, I may not know the next step, but you've already been there. You're going to light my pathways, and you're going to lead me to victory. He's already given you what you need to focus on him. So he's given to every man a measure of faith. Romans 10, 8 says, the word of faith is nigh thee, even in your hearts. Romans 10, 17 says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 1 Corinthians 3, 13 tells us very clearly and empathetically, no other foundation can any man lay than that which has already been laid, which is, come on, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Isaiah 28, 16, thus says the Lord, the God, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a costly cornerstone for the foundation, firmly placed. He who believes in it, believes in what? In Jesus Christ, will not be disturbed, will not be disturbed. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be compared to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. You want to know how to focus on Jesus? You want to know how to be successful? You don't want to know how to transition from this life to the next? It's by keeping your eyes on Jesus, focusing on him, allowing him to move in you and through you, allowing him to do in you what you cannot do, accepting he's already provided what you need. You see, when we come to Christ, I know many don't believe this, but it's true. When we come to Christ, we receive everything we need to focus on Him and to follow Him. It's not salvation and. Come on, it's not grace and. It's not mercy and. When we come to Christ, He causes us to be born again, He changes our focus, and He deposits in us everything we need to follow him. Everything. Everything. Read it again. First Peter chapter one, verses three and four. That's what he said. Everything has already been given to you who choose to follow him. So when times get rough, when sickness comes to your house, when rebellion comes to your children, when your spouse goes off the rails, when you lose your job, 
When there's more bills than there is money. When tough times come to you, it's time to look back one more time and say, he's already given me everything I need. And he did it through the cross of Calvary. He did it through a debt I could not pay that he paid for me. You see, when I came to Christ, I had to realize that I am connected to the source of all sources. I'm plugged in. You can have the strongest light in the world, but until you put it in the receptacle, it's not going to shine. But when I come to Jesus, he plugs me in. He connects me to the Son of God and to the Father. And the Holy Ghost begins flowing through that line. And the power that is his becomes the power that is mine. Because we're connected. We're connected to the source above all sources. We're connected to the power that's above all powers. We're connected to the name that is above all names. See, I can stand before you today and I can tell you, man, I've messed up so much it's not even funny. I'm far from perfect. People say I don't go to church because there are hypocrites there. Yeah, there are. You and I are some of them. Don't like that, do you? Truth truth sometimes stings. But we are. At one time or another, every one of us are hypocritical. Every one of us don't do what we say we do. But when we come to Christ, we understand in my weakness, His strength is made perfect. In my weakness, His grace is sufficient for me. In my weakness, He's going to lift me. He's going to guide me. He's going to carry me through those difficult times when I'm connected to Him. He's not just my teacher. He's my Lord, my Savior, my King. He's the one worthy of my worship, worthy of my adoration, and worthy of my praise. And even more than that, he's worthy of my service and worthy of me following him. When I come to Jesus, I realize he's not just powerful. He is all-powerful. There is no power that can stand against him. When I come to Jesus, I realize he's not just wise. He's all-knowing. He knows the end from the beginning and every point in between. When I come to Jesus, I realize he's not just great love. He is love. And when I come to Jesus and I focus on him, I realize that if I keep my eyes on him and I follow him, it doesn't matter the distractions. It doesn't matter the things I endure. Because all he says is walk where I've walked and I'll get you where I want you to go. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. In just a few moments, we're going to distribute the elements of communion. Matter of fact, ushers, go ahead and come and then be prepared in just a moment. Daniel, would you come? We're going to distribute the elements of communion. Communion represents Calvary, what Christ did on the cross. It represents his broken body and his shed blood. Now understand, we don't believe in transubstantiation. When you hold that cup and that wafer, it is not the body and blood of Christ. It is a representation of the body and blood of Christ. But when you hold that cup and that wafer this morning, Paul said some very interesting words in 1 Corinthians 11. I think it's verses 27 and 28. He said, when you remember Christ with communion, let a man examine himself. So this morning, we need to look in. We need to say, Lord, is there something in my life that you want to remove before I hold these elements in my hand? 
Is there something you need to erase by the blood of Jesus Christ? Is there something you're not pleased with that you want to remove through his sacrifice? And maybe you're in the room this morning and you never accepted him as your Lord and Savior. You've never made the connection of all connections. And today the Spirit of God has been talking to you as I've been talking about Jesus. He's been showing you that's the greatest need of your life is to accept him as Lord and Savior. So right where you said, if that's you, you need Jesus to come into your heart and your life today. If that's you, will you raise your hand right where you sit? Say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I need Jesus in my life this morning. Slip it up and hold it there for just a moment. I'm going to pray for you right where you sit today. Is there anyone? You'll lift your hand and say, that's me. I need Jesus in my heart and in my life today. So wait just another moment. The greatest thing that can ever happen is when you make the connection and come to Christ through His blood and through His sacrifice. Anyone is wait just a moment. That's me. I need Jesus. Yes, sir. Anyone else? You'll say, I'm going to be brave with that man. I'm going to lift my hand, lift it, hold it there until I see it. So wait just another moment. You need Jesus in your heart and in your life. Yes, thank you, ma'am. Is there anyone else? I need Jesus. I want him to be my Lord and I want him to be my Savior. I want him to forgive my sins and change my life. Is there wait just a moment. Anyone else will join these two? That's me. Pray for me. Those two with your hands lifted, lift your heads, look directly at me. No one else is looking around. Only the two of you look directly at me. I'm going to lead you in a prayer and I want everyone to pray it with me. And then I want you to find me on Main Street after service. And I want you to say to me, today I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So right now, pray this prayer with me. And if you pray it in faith, God's going to hear you. Jesus is going to forgive you. You're going to make the connection of all connections. You're going to be connected to Jesus Christ before you leave this place today. So those two, pray with me, everyone. Pray this prayer with me. But let's pray it out loud. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. I need a Savior. And I can't save myself. Please forgive me of my sins. Please change my heart. Please change my life. Help me to focus on you. I accept you as my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. Thank you for changing my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.